Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. We are continuing our series, Unexcused, tonight. Uh, Every September, we do a deep dive into a singular story or a passage from Scripture, and this year we are spending five weeks in Moses' call story uh, in the third and fourth chapters of Exodus. And I, I said this last week, but I really do love this tradition that we have at White Chapel. It's just one of my favorite things that we do. There's something really powerful that happens when we sit in one scripture, one idea, one story for, for a while. And so you remember last week, we saw Moses, and he's working for his father-in-law Jethro, and then he sees this burning bush. And so he approaches it, and he, he hides his face, and, and he takes his shoes off, and God begins to speak to him. And God tells him that he's going to be the one to lead the Israelites out of bondage and slavery in Egypt. And, and that's where we get Moses' first excuse. He says, who am I to do something like that? From the very beginning of this dialogue that we're reading between Moses and God, Moses is hiding his face rather than facing his call. He's, he's trying to wiggle out of it however he can. Uh, and last week, we, we talked about that and about how common that is in so many of us. How we have a tendency, like many in the Bible, to run from our callings and to offer excuses. In our scripture tonight, we're going to see Moses continue that. And we're going to see this conversation between God and Moses on Mount Sinai continue as well. And if the excuse last week was, who am I? The excuse this week is, who are you? So if you've got your Bibles, you can pull those out. We're going to be uh, picking up right where we left off. Y'all can note this in your Bible. We're just going to be continuing each week. But this is Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. And this is what it says. But Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me, and they ask me what's his name, well, what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent you. God also said to Moses, thus you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abram and Isaac and Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever and this is my title for all generations. Go and assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, of Isaac and of Jacob has appeared to me saying, I have given heed to you and to what has been done to you in Egypt. I declare that I will bring you out of your misery, out of the misery of Egypt, to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay. In our passage, Moses asks God who he is. He says, if people ask me who sent me, what am I supposed to say? Who even are you? Moses' excuse is that he doesn't know who God is well enough to do what God is calling him to. And that got me thinking this week. How do we get to know God better? How how do we come to know who God is? Because I don't want any of us to be able to use the excuse that Moses does in this passage when it comes to our own callings. And I do think that in order for us to discern what God is calling us to, 
which is what, frankly, we're trying to do for this entire series, I do think it's important for us to get to know God, to have a relationship with the one who's calling. So how do we do that? Like I said, I was thinking about that this week, about how I get to know God better. Um, and I decided that I wanted to hear other people's perspectives as well. And, and so I did the classic preacher trick, and I posted on social media. And I put it on Facebook and Instagram, and I posed just one simple question. How do you get to know God? What practices help you know God? And I got almost 40 responses. And I'm not going to read them all to you, but, uh, but what I do want to do tonight is share a few of the most common responses that I got. Now, obviously, I'm not going to be able to talk at length about each one of these, uh, but I want to share them with you in the hopes that you might feel drawn to one of them, that one of them might help you get to know God better. And so this is going to be a different kind of sermon, but again, I don't want any of us to be able to use the excuse that Moses does here. I want us to explore ways that we can come to know our God in a deeper, more personal, more profound way so that we don't ever have to ask, but who are you? So with all that being said, the, the first response that I got from several people is one that you might expect. Uh, Bible study. Studying scripture. Learning the Bible. This is, this is one of the primary ways that we come to know God. And this is one of the most common responses that I got. And that makes sense. Because the Bible is comprised of different people from different places in different eras with different lives, describing their understandings and their experiences with God. And the Gospels are the story of Jesus. God made flesh and his life and his teaching and his earthly mission. So it makes sense that when studying the Bible is a priority in our lives, of course, we get to know God better. And sometimes we even subvert the things that we think we know about God, the things we thought we knew about what he's like. That's something I experienced in seminary. When I was growing up, uh, I never really paid all that much attention to the Old Testament. I kind of avoided it. I thought that it was confusing. There were all these long, hard to pronounce names, like many that we just read. Uh, and frankly, I, I thought the God of the Old Testament was kind of like distant and cold and a little harsh sometimes. But then I dove into the Old Testament in seminary, and I actually studied it. And I began to see it, I began to see him differently. The God that I was reading about wasn't distant and cold at all. He wasn't this unapproachable God that I had pinned him to be in my head. In fact, the God that I was reading about was extraordinarily patient and gracious. And he was super close with the people. I discovered that several of the things that I thought weren't really all that accurate. Over and over uh, in the Old Testament, I saw a God who shows mercy and compassion and grace to a people that cannot stop messing up. That is the Old Testament in short. Look, my, uh, my, my point is simply this. If we want to know God, we can't let ourselves just assume that we know Scripture because we've been around it. We have to study it for ourselves. And that's what we do here on Saturday nights. Every week, we gather together 
and we read scripture and we study it and we contemplate it and we let it wash over us and we try to see what the text tells us about ourselves and what it tells us about God. And in doing so, we are getting to know God better. We are answering that question that Moses poses, who are you? So that's the first way we study. The second way that we come to know God is by serving. Uh, I had a, a, several people also send me this response, that they come to know God through service, and, and I loved that. And the more I thought about it, the more that I realized that this is how Moses got to know God better. Because again, spoiler alert, but eventually Moses does set aside the excuses, and he does God's will. He does what God is calling him to. And as he does, if you, if you read Moses' story, he comes to know God's will better by doing God's will. Like in Exodus 19 and 20, God instructs Moses to go up and down Mount Sinai over and over. So each time Moses climbs the mountain and God gives him some instruction. And then Moses climbs down the mountain and he does something or instructs the people in something. And then he goes back up the mountain and he does it again over and over. So Moses does what God says. And then in Exodus 20, he receives the Ten Commandments. He gets this, this huge look into what God is about, into who God is. But in order to receive that understanding of, of, of God, Moses had to go where God called him. He had to do what God asked him to do. And I think the same is true for us. When we serve God in whatever capacity, we become more attuned with his heart. We get a look into the things that God is about, in, into the things that God is. I'm sure many of you can relate to this, but I experience this every time I go on a mission trip. Each time, I feel like I get to see God up close. In fact, one of the most powerful moments in my spiritual life was on a youth mission trip to Guatemala a few years ago. Uh, now, I will admit, overall, it was a, it was a tough trip. Really tough. Um, out of the 40 or so people we had on the trip, like 30 got rotavirus. And if you know anything about rotavirus, it is not a fun or a pretty virus. It comes on quickly and it departs quickly. Uh, you feel crummy, wipes out your energy. It is just a nasty stomach bug. Uh, well, on the last night, we were supposed to have this little worship service on the rooftop of the place that we were staying in Guatemala. And everyone was exhausted. We had been serving long days, doing hard manual labor. The kids had been sick, we'd been sick, we were hungry, we were over the food, we were ready to get home. And, and so we almost canceled this service, but uh, Floyd Joseph, our, one of our student ministry directors and I sat down, we talked about it and we decided that we would give it a shot. And I'm so glad we did because I, uh, I'm not being hyperbolic when I say that it, it was one of the holiest experiences of my entire life. The service itself was powerful in a way that's hard to describe. There was like 20 of us on a rooftop and we had a guitar that was missing a string, but still it was, it was moving. And after that service, I ended up staying on that rooftop for like three more hours. And I just listened to worship music and I talked to God and I sat in silence. And, and again, I, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say it, this is probably one of the moments of my life that I have felt closest to God. Uh, 
um, I just felt so in tune with him. Like we were so on the same page in, in that holy moment. And I am convinced that it was because I had served. It was because I had gone up and down the mountain that I got to have that night with God. Serving helped me become more receptive than I had ever been. And I got to experience God in this deeply personal way that I will never forget. And that's the power of serving. It truly is one of the ways that we get to know God. By loving the last and the least and the lost, by pouring ourselves out, we get to know who God is. We see what he is about. So we study and we serve and we speak. This was the most common response that I got from people on social media. Uh, I asked them how they get to know God and so many people told me, I talk to him, I speak to him, I pray. And really that's exactly what Moses is doing in our passage. He's speaking with God. This whole series is Moses' conversation with God. Now we may not be talking to a burning bush like he was, but we can do this too. We all have a direct line to God at all times. That's what prayer is. It's just conversing with God, speaking to him. And so many of the people that, that responded to my question this week uh, made a point to say not only that they pray, but that they pray throughout their day. The prayer isn't something they just do in the morning or, or just at night. It's something they do throughout their entire day. And I think that that is key. Because just like any relationship, if we want to get to know someone better, we've got to regularly speak to them. There's a great story uh, about uh, a time in 1982 when the T Today Show was scheduled to have an interview with the Reverend Billy Graham. Well, he arrived at the studio and one of the show's producers informed uh, Dr. Graham's assistant that they had set aside a private room for, uh, for him to pray in before the interview. And the assistant thanked the producer for this thoughtful gesture, but he told him that Mr. Graham wouldn't need the room. Well, this producer was kind of shocked that this world-famous, super-holy Christian leader wouldn't want to pray before he was about to be interviewed on live national television. And Mr. Graham's response, uh, the assistant to Mr. Graham, uh, Reverend Graham, responded this way. He said, Mr. Graham started praying when he got up this morning. And he prayed as he ate his breakfast, and he prayed on the way in the car, and he probably will be praying the whole way through your interview. I love that. Because again, if we want to know God more deeply, we ought to practice this kind of prayer. The kind that starts when we wake up, and continues through breakfast, and continues in the car, and continues in, with us into anything that we encounter in our day. It's exactly what Mother Teresa said. She was once interviewed and she was asked the same question that we're talking about. How do we become closer to God? How would you tell someone to be closer to God? And she said, by praying. And if you wanna pray better, you must pray more. How do we answer the question that Moses asks in our passage? How, who do I tell them that you are? Who are you? How do we come to know him better? We study, and we serve, and we speak, and we seclude. 
I'll be honest, of all of the responses I got, this one was the most surprising to me. But I had several people who said the way that they get to know God is by secluding themselves, by pursuing silence and solitude. And again, this is something that we see Moses did regularly. Several times in his story, he secludes himself from the people and he spends time with God alone. At one point, he goes up on on Mount Sinai by himself and he spends 40 days and 40 nights there. He seeks seclusion. And I know that this idea can be a scary one for a lot of us. It definitely used to be for me. But in a world that is as loud and hectic and demanding as ours, this may be the practice that we need more than any. I was forced uh, to, to do this during my ordination process. I may have told y'all about this before, but one of the requirements was going on a spiritual retreat alone. You had to be secluded for a minimum of three days. And when I found that out, I was dreading it. <laughs> That is just not my speed. I'm a people person. That's why I became a pastor, you know? That's why I like handing y'all bulletins. I just like to chat. But, uh, but I was dreading this so badly. But I decided I was going to go out to Hannah's, my wife's family's farm in Arkansas. I would do it there. I'd be able to, to have a little fun uh, on the farm. Uh, but I will tell y'all the first couple of days were brutal. <laughs> Honestly, I hated it. The farm was spooky. Everything was creaking. Um, I was bored out of my mind, and I just didn't know what to do with myself. But looking back, it was almost like during those first couple of days, I was detoxing. Detoxing from the noise and the busyness, because it wasn't until that last day, the third day, that I felt a little breakthrough. I felt like I was actually starting to hear from God. And the books that I had brought to read, they they finally started to click with me and the silence stopped freaking me out so much. And I was able to actually enjoy the last few hours of this retreat. I was able to, to spend some real time with God. Sometimes all of us need that. We need time set apart for just us and God. Again, it is like any relationship If you want to get to know a person more deeply, you have to have one-on-one time. Imagine if with your significant other, you had only ever gone on group dates. Or imagine if you'd never spent time alone with your best friend. You've only ever hung out in, in, in big groups. You wouldn't know him as well. The same is true for our relationship with God. If we want to get to know him better, we have got to spend time with just him. So we study, and we serve, and we speak, and we seclude. And then lastly, we practice the sacrament. Y'all knew it was going to be an S. (laughs) I will admit, I didn't actually get this one as a response on social media. Um, But it's one that I wanted to include, because it it is one that I think we often overlook. Uh, It's one that we can easily just kind of go through the motions of church and not realize the significance of. You know, there's a reason why we offer communion in the back of this service and every service every single week. It is not just so that you can check off another one of your church boxes. It's 
The reason that we have the sacrament offered every Saturday after worship is because it, it, it reminds us of exactly who God is. It reminds us of some of the, the answers that we already know about uh, God's character. Some of the answers we already have to that question that Moses asked. When we receive a little piece of bread and some juice, we remember what we know about God, that he is kind, that he is forgiving, that he loves us, that he gave his body and his blood for us. We remember that. We're reminded. In our scripture, God reminds Moses for, for the second and third time in only 17 verses in this short conversation, he reminds him for the second and third time that he is the God of his ancestors. Even Moses, who was literally speaking to a burning bush in front of him, had to be reminded over and over again who God is, what God's about. And I think for me, that's what the sacrament offers us. It offers us that reminder. That's why Jesus said, I want you to do this as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Look, I know we have covered a lot tonight. I don't think I've ever done a five-point sermon before. <laughs> but uh, like I said, it's a different kind of sermon. But I, but I hope that all of us will explore one of these S's, one of these practices over the next few weeks as we continue this search and this, this contemplation into our calling because there are so many ways for us to answer that question that Moses asked, who are you? There are so many ways for us to get to know God on a deeper, more personal level, to come to know him better. We study and we serve and we speak and we seclude and we practice the sacrament. And in doing those things, we are left unexcused. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord, we want to know you more. We want to know not only our own callings, but we want to know your heart. We want to know where you want to lead us individually, where you want to lead us as a church where you want to lead our families. God, I pray that, that we would all find ways, practices that would help us to spend time with you, to deepen and further our relationship with you. Lord, you are, you are our father, you are our best friend, you are our confidant. You are our shelter in every storm. And so Lord, my prayer for us is that we would find you. That we would find you in moments when we are studying the Bible. That we would find you in moments when we are serving our neighbor and serving those in need. That you, we would find you in every conversation that we have with you, just like this one that we would find you in quiet moments when we step aside and get out of the craziness and, and, and the noise. And God, that we would find you in the sacrament, that we would find you in a little piece of bread and a little cup of juice.
Lord, you are everywhere. You aren't hiding. Help us to seek. Help us to see. Help us to know. We pray all of this in the name of our rock and our redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.